Tammy Freeze came to Bowie's Creek at the turn of the century, that is, this century, when she embarked on a career as a student athlete at Campbell University. After a four-year career as a volleyball player, Tammy began a coaching career that carried her to Gainesville, Florida, Johnson City, Tennessee, Carbondale, Illinois, Charlotte, and back to Bowie's Creek. My name is Stan Cole, class of 1987, and this is our fifth installment of Tales from the Creek, where we visit people who have made this place special over the years. I'm delighted to be joined today by Tammy Batson Freeze. Welcome to Tales from the Creek, and thanks for t- taking the time to visit with us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Tammy, one of the questions we always get from people when we travel, when we when we meet people, they, you tell them where you're from, and you say, and I say, Bowie's Creek, and they where in the world is that? Well, I've got one for you. <laughs> Your hometown is listed as Winnebow, North Carolina. If you look up it on, uh, on look up Winnebow, North Carolina on uh, Wikipedia, it says that the only corporate presence there is a Handy Hugo's convenience store. <laughs> that might be a bit dated, but tell us a little bit about where you grew up. Um, that's that's about right. That is right. If you are traveling down Highway 17 between Wilmington, North Carolina, and Myrtle Beach. Uh, there's a little sign that'll point and say Winnebow, and there's a gas station, Handy Hugo's, on 17, and you take that left on the 87, and between there and Southport, you'll find Winnebow. <laughs> right. So it, it, it's a it's a bedroom community, uh, sort of, or farming community, or uh, it's growing. Yeah, it's just it was you know we call it out in the country. Uh, mm-hmm. Winnebow's just a little spot between um, it's south of Wilmington, um, but then 20 25 miles from the beach from Oak Island. So we're we're kind of in a sweet little spot, but it's uh, as things continue to grow, like you see in other places, Wilmington, it's all trickling out right from <laughs> from the city. And so, uh, but there's still, I grew up on um, my family land, my mom's family's land. And so uh, my grandparents live next door and uh, they, that was where my mom grew up. My grandfather grew up, my grandmother, that area. Uh, my dad was, his family grew up north of Wilmington in the Hampstead. And so we spent a couple years in Michigan to North Carolina and Michigan. In North Carolina, I actually went to kindergarten in Michigan. Uh, but then most of my life was spent uh, uh, growing up in Winnebow uh, in the house, actually, that my grandfather built. Wow. So, And full disclosure, uh, Tammy's father, Harry, mm-hmm. uh, worked at GE in Wilmington with my late father-in-law, Wilbur Croom. And Wilbur would always ask about how... How Harry's kids were doing. Uh, uh, Byron, your older brother, mm-hmm. who came to play baseball here, and then Tammy followed to play volleyball. And uh, so I knew about the – I was aware of the Batson family before I even met any of the Batsons uh, because he, he let us know when uh, when Byron was coming to school here. <laughs> well, that's so cool. I don't think I knew that. It's just funny how the, the circle of life mm-hmm. seems to circle around Bowie's Creek, it seems. That's what, <laughs> one thing I tell people. That's so, true. This might not be the center of the universe, but you can get anywhere in America from here. Remember, we're only 11 miles from the I-95, I-40 junction. (laughs) That's right. And this this segment of Tales from the Creek, obviously, is brought to you by Handy Hugo's of uh, Winnebo, North Carolina. (laughs) Our marketing team will be reaching out for a little corporate partnership deal with you, just in case you're listening, uh, the manager down at Handy Hugo's. So growing up in Winnebo, what was like? Uh, How did you... um, become involved in sports uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Right. Well, sports, I got involved in sports early on, and um, I probably attribute that. One to my parents, they 
I started with T-ball at the local, you know, uh, Parks and Rec uh, park. And and probably my brother started playing. He started with T-ball, um, started playing baseball at a young age. That was his first sport. T-ball was my first sport. And so every summer, that's where we were. We were at the ballpark. And I uh, started playing softball, I think, when I was seven. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, from there, once I got into middle school, my, my brother was four years older than me, so um, when he hit middle school, still played baseball, uh, started playing basketball. Those were his two main sports. He continued that through high school. Uh, when I got to middle school, uh, for some reason, this is what I don't remember, I think probably because friends tried out. I tried out for volleyball. That was the first sport I tried out for. You were allowed to try out in seventh grade. And so I made the volleyball team in seventh grade. Uh, I, and then I was going to try out for basketball because everybody played basketball in my family. So my parents had both played basketball. My grandparents had played basketball. My aunt had played basketball. And so that was – basketball was a sport, and that's the sport we watched as well. My family, we were um, – you know, we grew up watching a lot of ACC men's basketball. Uh, and so you were a Carolina or State or Duke fan at the time. Um, funny story, we didn't watch a lot of football, so football was not popular. And I can get to this when we talk about my husband, Jared. So my, my first Thanksgiving after Jared and I started dating, and he came to visit uh, and spend Thanksgiving with me in Winnebo, uh, our tradition was to eat you know early afternoon meal and then go outside and play some softball or do something. And <laughs> the first Thanksgiving he was here with me, he's like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, well, we're going outside. We're going to like, you know, shoot hoops or, or do something active. And he was like, I'm going to sit here and watch the football game. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what you, <laughs> football's a thing. Um, so yes, I played, so I ended up playing, um, like I said, softball early on, for some reason, tried out for volleyball in seventh grade. I tried out for basketball and softball in seventh grade, actually got cut uh, at the time, which I was devastated. I remember crying. I was bawling at school. Uh, couldn't believe that, you know, I, I didn't make the team. I, I was really upset. I tried out again the next year. And so volleyball, basketball, and softball were my three sports that I did all throughout high school. So you began multitasking at an early time. Um, and that will come around to that when uh, we talk about your time at Campbell. So uh, volleyball, basketball, softball, um, what led you to uh, consider Campbell? What led you, you know, as you advanced and think about uh, playing college sports and attending school? What, what uh, brought you up Highway 421, so to speak, to Bowie's Creek? Right. Well, I continued, uh, you know, to watch my, my brother uh, growing up. And I think that was another reason I like said, became involved in sports because he was involved in sports and uh, I just looked, probably looked up to him <laughs> and was like, well, he's active. And I enjoyed it. Uh, but he came to Campbell first. He was uh, on the baseball team and recruited. And uh, so I started coming up here as a freshman in high school when he was a freshman in college and watched a ton of games up here <laughs> on the creek. Um, what's funny, it struck up a friendship actually with uh, my brother's roommate from freshman year, Jody Howe had a sister uh, my age and he was from New York their family's from New York and so actually we kind of became uh you call it pen pals email pals <laughs> back then and and so I came up here and, and so Campbell I was just familiar with it uh I liked it and then 
late in high school, I decided I wanted to go to school and pursue volleyball, um, which I didn't understand the recruiting process, uh, didn't understand how really any of that works. But um, my schools of choice were kind of, you know, mom and dad were like apply to UNCW. That was the school close to home. Um, uh, then I was a Carolina fan growing up. So uh, that was my other school, one of my others. And then Campbell. And then I can't tell you why now, but App State was my, those are my four. Didn't look out of state. Like we have so many schools, great schools in North Carolina. I wasn't even thinking about that. (laughs) And so uh, I think between familiarity of of Campbell and it being one of my schools and then then volleyball came into play. I wanted to pursue volleyball. Uh, That became the sport I just really loved and enjoyed. Um, But I was very especially being a recruiting coordinator now to look back I, I knew nothing about how to get recruited and uh, I was I would describe myself as athletic in volleyball but not highly skilled and so um, I started talking to the coaches here uh, or the the head coach here at the time and so I was given the opportunity to walk on at Campbell um, and I might have had maybe one or two other schools that I actually talked to about being a, a student athlete but um, Campbell was my opportunity um, that was not going to be the case at Carolina or UNCW or App State. And so that ultimately played uh, the factor in me coming here. So you chose Campbell and Campbell chose you, so to speak. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Sure. Um, you know, it's an interesting story, and I'm, I'm sure that, you know, while you were uh, growing up and everything, and then Byron, of course, came here, became an all-conference pitcher, was drafted by the Brewers, played um, – minor league baseball for a number of years. Uh, what's it like being Byron's little sister all the time? I mean, is that something that that, uh, that you kind of fought to overcome, or was it just part of it? <laughs> I, I'll say my freshman year, uh, I did get, oh, you're Byron's little sister. You're Byron's little sister. Uh, only to discover that he had told all the, uh, especially the baseball players, like, hey, don't mess with my little sister. So... <laughs> Uh, so when they, they learned my name, Tammy Batson, at the time, they're like, oh, you're, you're Byron's, you're B's little sister. Um, but no, I think I was just, I was really uh, just proud of him. That was something like, hey, my, my brother's a, a baseball player and he, he's doing really well in um, his career. I, he, I'd seen him work really hard, you know, to, to try to be um, the best uh, that he could be as a pitcher. And, uh, and, and someone else said, you know, maybe hadn't been highly recruited, um, but just really worked hard at it and, and had um, a passion for the sport. And so um, other than that, and just being like Byron's little sister, probably my freshman year, <laughs> right. uh, I, I had my own thing. Uh, you know, volleyball was my thing. And it, I think uh, I just attributed like we were an athletic family. It was just kind of cool that that was something we all enjoyed. My parents enjoyed and had been involved with. So you mentioned work ethic um, and, and seeing the work ethic, Byron. Is that – was work ethic part of the way you came from being a volleyball to being a starter and a, and a key contributor, a team captain and all these things um, uh, throughout your career and, and your growth from a walk-on to a starter and, and, and on a Division One program? Is that one of the, the key factors there? I think I, – I, I sometimes wonder, honestly, when I look back, uh, why – I stayed with it. Uh, there were times, I'll be honest, there were times that it was it was tough going through 
uh, my four years here in the program and just different obstacles. And I can't say that were some times that I was like, well, why am I doing this? Uh, you know, should I quit? Uh, because it's, it's hard and difficult in, in many respects. And what I, I will say, I do think my parents instilled in me a, a good uh, work ethic and that you have to work hard for things or, you know, um, nothing's going to be handed to you. And so um, go after it. Uh, and I, I try to think about that too. I, my parents, they just let me explore things too back in high school. So I, when I said, hey, I want to play volleyball and like, okay, and softball and basketball and they enjoyed going to games. Uh, but I think I just loved playing. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it came down to. And so no matter what, to me, it was still worth whatever I was going through that I wanted to be in the gym um, and somehow just loved the sport so much and couldn't couldn't see myself doing anything else necessarily. One of the big uh, recruiting pitches now from Campbell um, uh, coaches is our facilities are outstanding. Um, you see where I'm going with this. <laughs> see where you're going, yes. Um, the uh, John Pope Convocation Center Gilbert Craig Gore Arena was opened in the fall of 2008 after Tammy Batson Freeze had graduated from Campbell. <laughs> Beautiful uh, facility. And uh, she played in Carter Gymnasium. We used to call it Cozy Carter Gymnasium. <laughs> it still stands for uh, a lot of people do wonder, what's Carter Gym now? Well, yes, University Rec uses that. There's intramurals and some PE classes there sometimes. Uh, but uh, low-hanging ceiling, um, mm. it was kind of like playing a little bit of pinball in there at times, wasn't it? That, what was it, it was. like? I mean, Obviously, with the fans right on top of you, uh, when things were going well, that place got loud. But what was it like playing in a building where you had to – it wasn't right. just what was coming at you from <laughs> the opposite side of the net. It might have been what was bouncing off the ceiling at you too. Right. Those rafters, man, they hang so low. I think it actually helped us because we were used to it and eventually got us some points um, when the other team <laughs> couldn't control the ball low enough. Uh, it was sweaty. I will, so, you know, we had three a days in August for two weeks before classes started and no air conditioning. And we would, we had those big fans that would, that are still in there uh, that would sit by the doors. And so during water breaks, it was grab your water bottle and just go stand in front of the fan and try to cool While off. While it blew 90 degree wet, yeah. uh, air on you. Yes. Yeah. That, but that was cool. That yeah. was cool. Um, we had to stop a lot. It's funny. I laugh a little bit when watching a volleyball game and, Gore Arena because they'll stop and wipe up sweat and all. And we would be wiping up sweat all the time during home games a lot of times. But uh, it was cozy though. We called it the Carter Dome, just to, you know, <laughs> like the Dean Dome. Uh, we called it the Carter Dome, but uh, have fond memories there. I have fond memories, Stan. I was also in the pet band mm -hmm. uh, my first couple of years and played the tenor saxophone in the pet band. So for basketball games, it was impressive to pack as many people as we did into Carter Gym sometimes. Pep band, volleyball <laughs> team. Your major was athletic training, which included a practical aspect mm -hmm. to that as well. Um, you graduated magnum cum laude, including an A in a sports reporting class in the spring of 2004, by the way. <laughs> yes, um, one of my as favorites. An, as an elective. Not many, uh, not many uh, medical field people journey over into the uh, liberal arts uh, side of, uh, of, of journalism. Uh, 
how did you how did you put it all pull it all together? I mean, that's studying the twenty plus hours that the NCA recognizes a week of uh, of a sport, but that doesn't include travel. That doesn't include uh, other times where you've got a, you know, other activities that you have to do, uh, rest and recovery, um, pet band, uh, athlete training. How'd you do it? <laughs> I don't know sometimes either. Uh, and I will say I did not like to pull. I never pulled all nighter that I remember in undergrad. It was uh, midnight to one o'clock. If I didn't have it, you know, studied what I need to by 1 a.m. done because I had to have sleep. Uh, I think uh, I, I will say for athletic training, I had some very um, the head of the program at the time, very organized. So when it came to class scheduling and all. Uh, because our trainers, they had to teach our classes uh, in the morning, and we had to be out for practices in the afternoon. Uh, and they worked with me really well as far as I had to, of course, go to my own practice and then still get my clinical hours. And, and so there wasn't much free time unless it was off-season on the weekends. Uh, but I, I guess I like being busy. Um, and, and I did. I, I took electives. I got to my junior, senior year, got to take some electives. Uh, I took piano for a while, too, because I enjoyed that. That was something my mom taught me growing up and uh, liked that music side. I enjoyed that sport writing class. I remember that because there was a part of me when I was looking at going to college that journalism was an appeal. And so that was my like, well, let me just take this and see. And of course, sports, the reason I even chose athletic training, because I love being around sports. That was one of the reasons uh, I did like science. I liked anatomy and phys in high school. So that was one reason I was thinking, well, this is a major I can be around sports um, and also kind of appealed to me that way with the classes. Um, so I look back sometimes and just think I didn't probably have a lot. But I, I did. I found time, though, to enjoy friends and, and do other things. But life was busy for sure. <laughs> there And there's not a lot of... Um not a lot of student athletes that are involved in athletic training uh, just because you've got time pulling at you so much mm -hmm. outside of class that practical time pulling from both directions um, so that 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 in of itself is a testament to someone who mm -hmm. is highly organized and highly dedicated uh, to mm -hmm. a pursuit tell us a little bit about some of your mentors while you, while you were here um, some of your coaches uh, uh, you know, I have a, a full disclosure here. Uh, Tammy's husband, Jared, and I work in the same uh, same building. <laughs> Jared's in charge of our academic support services, and uh, I lean on uh, outside sources sometimes for discussion topics. And he mentioned the name Debbie Williamson uh, as someone who is really uh, key in your development and your growth while you were here at Campbell. Yes, Debbie. Debbie's always the the first person that comes to mind. So Debbie while we were students here was, uh, she was a professor, uh, so we had some classes with her, me and my friends who were uh, either in exercise science or, or sport management, um, uh, PE. And uh, I think one reason that she stands out, one, she was a great professor, just enjoyed her class, um, but there were so many aspects of her as a, um, just uh, as a female to look up to. Uh, she was, uh, a wife, so she was the wife of the uh, athletic director at the time. She was a professor. She had three kids. She was raising, homeschooling and raising three, <laughs> uh, three kids. And she had her doctorate. She talked about that and um, having her doctorate degree. And she was, at the time, 
Um, I know she was involved in referee and college refereeing. Uh, and so I, I, I think what was inspiring was here's this, uh, and also just a beautiful woman as well. Like she was just all put, to, seemed really put together. Um, and she also had uh, faith in Christ that she talked about. And so we are, you know, Campbell being a faith-based school and, and be able to have some discussions with that. And so she became, I think, a mentor to me, maybe not so much as like we often talked, but just someone that um, I respected a lot. Um, just knowing, I, I just wonder like, well, how do you do this? How do you, you're a professor, you're, you're a, you got your doctorate while, while raising three kids and you're doing all these different things. And um, several of my friends to this day, when we think about someone who impacted our life, it was her. Uh, and now I, I I see myself like I'm the age, <laughs> I'm the age that that she was when we were we were students. And um, there's just a few times I think she, I, I remember one time after class and she just checked in on me. Um, and then I babysat the kids a few times for them as well my my senior year. And whether whether it was short uh, interaction with her, it was always just seemed very positive, and she cared about us. Um, and I I wanted to I think I wanted to be her in a sense, like, okay, when I graduate and I have a career and I want a family and, um, that was success. So, you know, she embodied success to me. Not to mention the fact that she was a national champion with the Louisiana Tech <laughs> that <women's too>. basketball <laughs> team. Um, now she's one of the, uh, in charge of, uh, referees for the NCAA women's basketball side, uh, very accomplished person. Um, Tammy, when I've talked with Coach Wanda Watkins, of course, an institution here at Campbell, a, you know, a legend, a Hall of Famer, um, Wanda always talked about growing up uh, in the 60s and 70s and not having a female role model in sports. Um, she was always, and, you, and when you talked about watching ACC men's basketball growing up, uh, was Debbie one of the first female in-person role model heroes that you had? I mean, even even here in the 2000s, after, as, as um, uh, the you know, women's athletics has become more and more popular uh, worldwide. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, yeah, because she's really the first person to come to mind. And like you mentioned, she was a student athlete as well at a high level. And um, I often wonder about that sometimes, like, I watched men's basketball. I didn't necessarily watch women's basketball. But I also remembered at one point after college and when I got into coaching and all, um, I asked Jared one time, I was like, how come I didn't watch women's volleyball when I was a student? And his initi initial response was, Tammy, it wasn't on TV. And I was like, oh, you're right. Because yeah, I often wonder about that now. I, I, of course, love to watch the NCAA women's volleyball tournament. Uh, and I'm like, how come I didn't watch more? I love to watch film. I love to <laughs> watch games. How come I didn't watch it? It wasn't. It, it wasn't on TV then. Um, as probably a lot of the the female sports. And so you've seen that growth for sure, especially the, I would say the last 10 to 12 years where we just have access, right, to – and we, we see these women. We see these stories. Um, and I think another – you know, after Campbell, my uh, – I went to grad school at the University of Florida – and uh, I knew nothing about the dominating Florida volleyball program at the time that uh, I ended up being able to help with uh, as an intern uh, my second year of grad school. But it was funny when I when I went to Florida uh, the year before and the year I graduated from Campbell, they were in the 
uh, I believe they were in the, it was the year they were in the national championship. Uh, and Mary Wise being the first woman to actually uh, coach in the national championship for women's volleyball. Uh, and so far still the, the only one to coach in the national championship. Uh, and I didn't know anything about that program until I got there. Um, and so I, I think it's been something that since getting involved in athletics as I've uh, became a coach uh, stood out to me more. Uh, when I was at Southern Illinois, Illinois Carbondale, um, uh, Charlotte West was there and she um, was a professor there, uh, but she had been a coach. And if you want to know about Title IX and how it's impacted athletics and who are the women who um, – push for that, for that equality in, in women's college athletics. She's one of them. You can look her up on YouTube. And so it was really cool. That was the year they were celebrating, I forget which anniversary of Title IX. Um, I was there in 2000, I think 11, 12. But uh, I got to hear her speak in person. And I got to hear her talk about um, coaches, women coaches in college athletics and, and the reason they uh, pushed for Title IX and what they were why it was really important for the growth of women in college athletics and for scholarship opportunities and, and whatnot. And that was really cool to have, I didn't know anything about Charlotte West before then, but then to hear her talk about Title IX in person and the steps they pushed for, for opportunities for females in sport, uh, which is really, just really cool. Um, I want to ask you about how you and Jared met, um, and, but Jared wanted me to make sure that he <laughs> Um, that you you gave your side of the story when he served as a line judge uh, for a volleyball game. Uh, uh, Jared worked in our athletics operations <laughs> as an undergrad, um, worked for Debbie uh, Richardson, who is our uh, SWA and in, in charge of internal operations, and she ran the tightest ship as far as uh, ushering and uh, game management officials. Everything ran uh, just right in lockstep, uh, former mm -hmm. college uh, basketball coach who wanted to make sure the presentation was so great. Uh, so <laughs> tell did. us a little bit about, <laughs> the, you know, Jared helped out with the, with the, with athletics operations at the time. And, uh, yeah. and one time, I guess this was after y'all had started dating. Uh, yes. He was uh, a line judge, was unable to make it to a, a match. And I'm going to let you take it yeah. from there. This is an ongoing debate uh, to this day, a fight in our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> where, well, first let me back up a little bit. Debbie Richardson, who you mentioned, um, I think another just uh, a, a female administrator in athletics uh, who uh, I probably didn't appreciate at the time, but looking back would be another person I, I would say I'd look up to. Uh, I remember, Stan, you, you remember this. We'd have those RA days on, on basketball days, right, where we would pack – I don't know how many people like what's Carter Gym fit maybe we would pack more than the Boys Creek Fire Department <laughs> would allow. I would say more. Yeah, we had people sitting on the steps in Carter Gym, but man, Debbie was over there like telling people where to sit. Uh, but that sends out she was the person that actually uh, helped me get my first job, and I didn't know it until after I got my first job. But I can talk about that. But uh, the story at hand. So yes, Jared and I, we were friends sophomore year. And start hanging out. And then junior year, we start dating in the fall. Um, and so he was the line judge. At the time, you, back in volleyball, you, today you don't see that as much. We actually hire the officials to be the line judges. But you had to find line judges back in the day at your school, <laughs> whoever would do it. I will say uh, Jared did a very good job. 
line judging. However, he, you know, line judges aren't perfect and they, they miss things sometimes. So, uh, I believe it was, I was hitting, uh, on one side and Jared was the line judge for the, the other corner. And I hit a ball and it was in, it hit the line stand. Anything that hits the line is in. And I believe Jared Freeze called it out. Uh, I, I remember pe- my friends I, and parents, I swear, say that he missed the call. But to this day, he, he says he was correct. Um, so we argue about that. He, he called my ball, my hit out. That should have been a kill. He, um, he maintains his innocence in, <laughs> in writing. Um, let the record reflect okay. that this email of November 10th sent at, sent at 8.47 a.m. does recall this particular time because it was, and I still still maintain that I was right. That was Jared's words. But I do believe you all agree on his final statement from the uh, from this. He says, but she and the team and the parents were furious. Yeah, so see, y'all see. you always come back to the fact that you agree on the reaction we, rather yes, than the Yes, they decision. were very upset, very upset. I will have to say, uh, so again, at the time in volleyball, uh, if you were the home host team, you often had to find people. You had workers who you would train to be the line judge and have to do it. It is very tough. <laughs> See, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't want a line judge. I don't like the line judge. Uh, but it's funny. Debbie Richardson would have been the administrator. Jared would report to you as a as a student worker. And so when we started dating, Jared told Debbie that we were dating, and she said, "Okay, but on game days." you know, when you guys cannot talk to each other. So do not acknowledge each other. And so I would walk onto the court and he would be sitting uh, somewhere waiting to start and you just couldn't couldn't say hello or anything. The one thing that I, I recall, um, Debbie uh, and I worked together for a decade here at Campbell and she was always thinking about a decision from a number of different angles, how mm-hmm. it affected recruiting, how it affected the coaching staff, how it affected the student, how it affected the atmosphere, perception. Um, Mm -hmm. The one thing that we, um, as a department, were very keen on in the Carter Gym era Mm -hmm. was the fact that here is our facility that is substandard by in comparison to others, Mm uh, not all, but others. Mm-hmm. And um, we wanted the opponents when they walked in to have such a top-notch experience. Otherwise, there were always towels in the dressing room. That it was mm-hmm. vacuumed. It was clean. Um, you ha- you knew what was going to happen in what order as far as a, a, a timing sheet for uh, how things started mm-hmm. and, and were operated, that the operation um, overrode whatever facility shortcomings let's say yes um, put it. absolutely and, and so i can so see <laughs> debbie sitting jared down and not smiling and telling right. him straight this is how it's going to yes, be yes we will be and professional I can see jared mm-hmm. nodding his head because <laughs> yes. you didn't wag your head at, at debbie um, right and but she's an, a dear person but boy i learned so much from her um because there was when she came on, I was in my early 30s. I'd never thought of so, so many angles and so many mm-hmm. decisions we were making as an administrative staff. And she was the first person that I really remember saying, now, hold on, let's consider this from the coaching standpoint, from the student-athlete standpoint, not just the operational standpoint. Let's find the, that place where it all meets together. And um, she's one of the people in my um 
career that I consider and I think about things and we talk about, we bring up her name in my office, Jason Williams and I, and Jason uh, worked with her for a few years before she left, um, always talking about if something <laughs> operational goes well, we think about that's a Debbie Richardson thing. And if something, whether it's here or more, more often than not on the road uh, goes awry, we think, well, Debbie would be furious about that. <laughs> she would be fuming. And um, we've had a lot of chuckles and smiles about that over the years. So you meet Jared. Um, Y'all are here. Uh, in spite of the uh, disputed call that <laughs> you all have been together now for a couple decades. Yeah. We've learned to work through of, it. <laughs> in spite of that, you all have been able to put that aside, at least uh, until it comes up again. Um, tell us about that and, and um, you know, how you all uh, have, have grown and moved on. And you all have bounced around the country yeah. <laughs> before coming back here and, and to the yeah, creek. Yeah, we have. So... Uh, yeah, Jared, Jared and I started dating my our, our junior year. He actually transferred uh, to Campbell um, from another school, and uh, yeah, it's it's been interesting. I think I think senior year, so senior year, we were he was a PE major, education major. I was athletic training, and I think we both decided in our senior year. Uh, so helpful for any students out there when you think about changing your major or <laughs> going on to do something else. We both were like, we don't know that this is what we want to do and so it was interesting we both loved athletics Jared grew up he he played some sports he loved watching sports um so it was interesting we don't recall exactly how this happened uh but we both decided in our senior year that we wanted to go on to grad school and that we wanted to major in sport management so we knew we wanted to still be around athletics but it was for me I was like I don't know that I want to be do the athletic training part and, and for him, it, he did not know if he wanted to go on and, and be a teacher in physical education. So uh, we were just talking one day and decided, okay, sport management, that's it, that's it. What, well, oh, that's cool. I want to do that too. <laughs> uh, so we started applying for graduate programs and, uh, of course, was you know still uh, looking at Carolina. I was like, well, let me look at Carolina because that was a school I had thought about going to before. And then Jared, he's like, well, I'm going to look at the University of Florida because Jared had spent some time growing up in Florida. Uh, he moved around a lot, but that, he spent a lot of time in Florida. And so he was a Florida Gator fan uh, in a sense as well. And so he's like, I'm going to look at University of Florida. And that was a school I hadn't even thought about. Uh, I knew nothing about the SEC. <laughs> I'll say uh, I knew about the schools in our conference at the time. So I was like, oh, okay, well, let me look at the University of Florida. Because at that time, you know, we were dating. This is our second year. We felt pretty good about each other. So <laughs> we thought we, we, we'd keep going. So he, uh, we end up looking at Florida, and then I start. Well, let me look at Tennessee, and let me look at Georgia. Not, no, I knew nothing. I didn't know they were rivals, anything like that. We were just looking at sport management programs. Uh, I think we both applied to Carolina for their sport administration program, and both got rejected, like uh, did not get in. That at the time, what we were told is they accept about maybe ten students out of a hundred and some applicants <laughs> at the time, and you had to have prior work experience and. Uh, then something happened at Georgia and they put, um, as far as we were looking for graduate assistantships and, um, they had put a moratorium on their program. Uh, Jared, I only remember he applied to Carolina and Florida. That was it. And I applied to Florida, Tennessee, Georgia, and Carolina, and there might've been a couple more in there. Um, but long story short, we, I got into Tennessee and Florida 
of course, rivals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, Jared got, uh, we both got into Florida and decided that would be a great place to go. Um, and we, well, I will say we had a connection as well. Um, Debbie Williamson, who I mentioned earlier, uh, one of the, the chair of the department for sport manager at the time, uh, she had done her doctorate research with uh, Dr. Zhang. And so um, that was fun to, we made that connection and he became our advisor. Uh, so Jerry and I both chose to go to Florida and um, we got our master's in sport management. Uh, and that was when, when I was in Florida, uh, I got a graduate assistantship in the sport and fitness program. And so I was going to be teaching sport and fitness classes, so PE, uh, volleyball, basketball, whatever it was, to undergrad students. And uh, I got to teach three classes of volleyball. So that was when I started teaching other people the game. That was my job to help pay for grad school. And there was another uh, young lady who also was a GA, and she was the other teacher for the volleyball classes. And so we made that connection. And she asked me to start helping her with her JV volleyball team at her high school that she coached with. And I was like, sure. And so that's actually how I got into coaching. Uh, and I have to tell this story. Um, so my class, uh, we, uh, my class was at, after her class, and it was our first first day class, fall semester in in grad school. And I'm going to teach volleyball 101. And I come into uh, the little gym there, and she's wrapping up, grabbing her stuff, and my, my students from my class coming in, sitting on the bleachers, and. And she comes over to me, her, her name is Ada, and Ada goes, do you know who that is in your class, right? Like sitting there on the bleachers in your class. I said, no, like, who is that? Again, I knew nothing about Florida volleyball before I got down there. She's like, that's Audi Cruz, an All-American, who just you know, finished her career on the Florida volleyball team. Uh, All-American, multi, uh, like multi-year All-American outside hitter for Florida volleyball who had just played the national championship match from Puerto Rico, uh, who went on to be a pro. I think she's still playing. She was taking my volleyball one-on-one class <laughs> because she had some uh, credits she had to finish up. So she had another year to finish up her degree. I was like, oh, well, I was like, well, that's cool. Needless to say, that was, you know, first day. She did not come back the next day. She, uh, she dropped the class probably much too probably needed to so she wouldn't kill anybody else in the class playing. Uh, but that's just a funny story. Um, but Ada is, I'll say, who invited me to start coaching. And from there, that's how I got started with coaching. And um, Jared and I, we, we stayed together. We went to grad school together. We both graduated. And then he uh, got a job opportunity in Florida on campus working for a bank. Um, in the student union while I got my first coaching job at East Tennessee State. And so from, I'll give you the short version, we spent two, we continued dating, but spent two years apart. And then we got married and uh, we were at East Tennessee State. I was there a total of five years. So Jared was there three years and that's where he got started in academic support and athletics, got his first job in athletics. And then from there, we started making kind of some jumps. So, uh, what I love about Jared, I'll tell you, in our marriage, and I think what works is that we encourage each other to pursue our dreams. And so I uh, pursued a coaching opportunity at Southern Illinois, uh, Carbondale. And so we moved out there with just my job. Um, and we had Layla at the time, my our first child, who was, I think, one and a half when we moved. And so we've had leaps of faith, I should say. So we went out there. We were only out there a year, unfortunately. Um, 
had a bad season and my boss was fired in December. So <laughs> right after season, I got out there in May. Um, but we were out there a year and then Jared got an opportunity to move to the University of Charlotte and be in academic support and athletics. And so we moved to Charlotte for his job. Um, I was fortunate to get an assistant coach job at Queens University of Charlotte during that time. Um, and then uh, we uh, moved again. Uh, that was when the opportunity came up after being there three years for uh, Jared to move to Campbell. And I remember when the position came open, uh, Jared, I will say, has always said that he would move back to Campbell ever since we graduated. And he always kept up with Campbell and athletics and what we were doing. And so it was when this job for him came open, he's like, I, th I think I want to apply to Campbell. And so that's what's brought us back here, kind of full circle. So we've, we've moved, Jared moved to, for me, to ETSU and SIU. I moved for him to UNC Charlotte and Campbell. So, and now we've been here six years, <laughs> seven. <laughs> so tell, tell us about, Tammy, um, about, you know, you came up uh, and you played volleyball and you were active in sports. What was it that drew you to coaching? What, what is the, what's the, the best thing about coaching? And you're still involved in coaching. Yes, I, I can't seem to get away from it for, <laughs> for some reason. I think when I think back, the first part of it was probably why I decided when I was in Gainesville that I enjoyed coaching. Uh, or that there was something here. I was really enjoying this was one, um, volleyball was it probably my best sport, to be honest. I told you I played three different sports, but volleyball was a sport. It's it's really grown in North Carolina and on the East Coast the last um, I think 15 years or so. So volleyball wasn't a sport that was really well known when I was coming along. And, and I went through um, several different coaches uh, in my time here at Campbell. Um, and I, I think I just kind of took in all the good, the bad, and the ugly that can come with that, with that instability and the, and the different types of coaches I had. Um, and I started out really late with volleyball. Um, I didn't play club until my junior, senior year, um, whereas now I'm, I'm coaching girls that start when they're 11, 12 years old. Um, so I think when I had the opportunity to then teach volleyball at Florida, um, I really enjoyed that, teaching someone else how to play. Uh, and then I got involved with the coaching side and helping at this high school and then invited to coach club. And I think I knew that I hadn't learned a lot early on uh, or didn't, um, especially I will say middle school, high school, didn't necessarily have coaches that were real knowledgeable about the game and how to teach skills. Um, but obviously we're very passionate about um, coaching. So I wanted to be someone who was really knowledgeable that could teach the game well. And I wanted girls to know the game better than I did. And I think that's where it started. And then as I was teaching and coaching down in Gainesville, I was like, I really like this. Um, and, and like I said, I had, a, I had a wide range of different coaching styles uh, that I was exposed to from high school and as well as college. And uh, there was certain ways, uh, I, I know that I responded as a player uh, and I think I struggle with confidence. I absolutely struggle with confidence in my college career. And so a lot of that came out of I wanting to help someone else, maybe similar to me, um, be better sooner. 
you um, you come back to Boys Creek, and instead of moving into the co uh, taking a coaching job, you 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 go you move across campus, so mm -hmm. to speak, into work with uh, institutional advancement and alumni and annual fund and all these. Um, how did coaching help you make that adjustment um, and and and, um, and working in in that field? Yes, that was uh, definitely interesting. It's, when I, we came to Campbell, um, I didn't really know what else to do at the time, and I was looking for jobs and looking for uh, you know something that maybe related at all to what I did. And I just happened to see this job in advancement when I read it, it wasn't like, okay, yeah, that's exactly what I do. But it was more so, I think I have the skill sets to do that job. <laughs> um, and so part of it, in being an assistant coach at a school, um, wearing many hats. So it's not just the coaching on court part, but your, it's the recruiting part, which is essentially um, you've got to get someone you want to come to your program to buy in and want to come to your school. Um, so there's a, I guess you could say a selling aspect to that, a marketing aspect to that. Um, we ran summer camps every summer. And so that's, that's coordinating with different offices on campus. And, and, uh, I think my, my first camp at SIU, I had done camps before at ETSU, but when I got to SIU, I was there for a week. And then my boss was like, Hey, me and the other assistant have to go recruiting at this tournament you're going to run the middle school camp, which usually has 90 to 100 kids in it, and you've got to walk them all across campus and, <laughs> and be in charge of them, all this kind of stuff. So there's definitely, you know, the skill sets of organization, running running events, um, the, the fundraising part, which is very much trying to make connection with donors. I had done that in certain ways in my job as a coach, and so that's, that's why I think uh, those skill sets, as we say, uh, related to my work in advancement. All the while, you are serving as a volunteer assistant with the, with the Campbell Volleyball Program um, and uh, making a foray into broadcasting, doing some, uh, <laughs> some color analysis. So you're circling back to your undergrad sports reporting job. Yes, there and, exactly. and uh, watching ball games on TV as a, as a kid uh, and seeing that. Um, I'm, I'm looking around, and I'm sitting here thinking, and I, th I look at a lot of people in our department and throughout uh, the folks that I come up with that have families of various ages. And um, my wife, Claudia, and I have raised two here on campus, mm -hmm. literally on campus, and, um, <laughs> and they're grown and out and doing their mm -hmm. thing now. Um, how do you and Jared balance it with Layla and Abigail, you know, school-age yeah. children and... and um, and sometimes schedules that go in opposite directions. How have y'all managed to pull that off? <laughs> uh, well, what I do appreciate, Jared loves volleyball as well now, and, and since we were in college. And our kids, I, your kids, I mean, that's one of the special things about Campbell, right? It's a, it's a community. It's a family. Uh, Debbie Williamson, I remember her three kids running around campus. We would go rollerblading on campus when I would watch them, <laughs> you know, uh, your kids grew up on campus. My kids, they're spoiled in a way, right? They're on a Division One campus getting to run around a gym. You know, that's that we uh, we get free admission into sometimes. But, um, you know, we've benefited. From, I'm sure you've had a lot of great babysitters over the years who have been students. <laughs> uh, and it, it, as they say, it does take a village. 
uh, we've had, I mean, just so many great students that, that help us out and be our babysitters. We, um, you know, when he's got to go to a sporting event or I want to come to volleyball or I want to travel with them as a volunteer, um, we just, we just work it out. Um, and I think we just, we just love being a part and being a part of this community. Um, and I think, you know, that's why we, that's why we came back, you know, when it was moving back, it was, we moved back for Campbell. It's not like this is necessarily a place we, you know, like when you pick Bowie's Creek or Coates to move to, it's like we moved for Campbell and to come back to the school and, um, not that we, we knew some people here uh, like you and all, which has always been great to come to come to familiar faces, but then also the, the new friendships and relationships. And so, yeah, it's just, it takes a lot of communication though, too. And it, with the kids getting older, it's a little busier now as well. Layla started playing volleyball in middle school. And so I, I do think we're a little bit more like, okay, what do you have this week and <laughs> what's on the calendar? Uh, but it hasn't been without help for sure in, in those connections and the people we've, we've met on campus. One thing that I've always uh, explained to people, you know, people look at this as little tiny Bowie's Creek, and sure mm -hmm. it is, it, relatively speaking, okay. uh, if you compare it to Raleigh or Charlotte or Atlanta or mm -hmm. D.C. But the fact of the matter is that our kids, yours and mine, mm -hmm. um, know people from every inhabitable continent on this world because of Campbell. Because they, because they either came here as a general student or they may be a faculty member or an athlete. Mm -hmm. um, they know folks and have made and um, built relationships with people from all walks of life, all backgrounds, all religious backgrounds. And um, it is really an amazing uh, little spot um, where mm -hmm. If you choose to live close to campus, it's not a big commute, and you don't have yeah. to, you know, you don't have to live in a large, massive city to actually have a multicultural experience or multicultural exposure. I, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's, and we we live in Coates. We live that was purposeful because we knew we would be here a lot on campus. Uh, not just the working aspect, but we want to go to the all the different events, and so we wanted to be close. We'll drive to go to Target or <laughs> somewhere else or to shop. Um, I think what's been fun is so Layla, our oldest, um, right now she's adamant like y'all, you know, mom and dad, y'all have to stay here because I'm going to school here, and she wants to go to Campbell, and uh, you know, dad, you got to keep working here so <laughs> I can go to school here and. Um, a few years ago, it was, I'm going to go to Campbell and play volleyball, and I'm going to go to Florida and be a gymnast. Uh, so <laughs> that was a dream at the time. Um, but, I mean, Layla being a little more invested right now than the younger one, but they, they enjoy it. Like when it's Campbell Day at Bowie's Creek Elementary, and uh, Abigail gets to wear her orange Campbell shirt. She's really proud of that. I remember a few years ago when we were in, uh, was it when men's basketball was in – did we lose in the semifinals or the finals? It was when we hosted. I can't remember, Stan. And uh, we're sitting up there in the stands, and we, we watch ourselves lose. And, like, Layla's over here tearing up. Like, she is, she is sad that we just lost. And it was just cool to see that investment. Um, and she tries to learn players' names. And, um, or, and even if she doesn't learn everybody's name, but she wants to go to the games and um, – and even if she doesn't come, she wants to, we watch it on TV if we're at home. Um, so it's been fun to see that investment of, from your, our kids, right? 
of, you know, they feel very connected um, to our community. Well, when, when you grow up in ACC country, as you did and as I mm-hmm. did, um, and you see David Thompson and Phil Ford in my era on mm-hmm. television, yeah, and then um, and in, in your era, when you see Eric Montross or yeah. some like Hubert Davis or somebody yes. like that as a Carolina basketball fan, you see this. That I will share um, about 10 years ago, and I'm in my late 50s, so I was approaching 50 when this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil Ford came to do a ESPNU telecast of one of our men's basketball games. And I get this phone call on my cell phone and I, I, I didn't recognize the number and I said and I said um, hello this is Stan and um, this was before all of the the sales mm-hmm. the blind sales calls call <laughs> that you yeah. that you just waited for it to go to voicemail because you didn't want to hear about your car right. extended warranty and I get this for us and it says uh, Stan this is Phil Ford and I'm sitting there and here I am I'm Let's just say I was forty-eight at the time. <laughs> forty-eight years. I was a you forty-eight year a, old. You don't look fourth like fifth grader. <laughs> I was a forty-eight year old fourth grader ten years ago. When I was like Phil, Phil, Phil Ford's on my phone, and to your kids, to mm-hmm. Layla and Abigail, and to Catherine and mm-hmm. Oliver, their Phil Ford wears orange. Mm-hmm. Yes. Their their Phil Ford is a member of the Campbell volleyball or basketball or baseball or mm-hmm. football or any soccer, t- in any of the sport teams. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones that they are looking up to. And I think that's something that many of our athletes realize, but maybe not all of them do, mm-hmm. that these kids just think they're the greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, one of Oliver's Phil Fords was Preston Dodson, who's now in charge of our um, uh, financial aid office here. Um, another one was uh, Comerly Poole, who was mm-hmm. one of the first players that Robbie Lang recruited here from the south side of Chicago, mm-hmm. who Oliver never would have known someone like that. But they were they were kindergarten buddy. He was his kindergarten <laughs> buddy. I'm on the bus with uh, with Comerly his first semester here, and um, he was asking me about my my family, and I said, "Well, I've got you know," or, or, I was telling him a little mm-hmm. bit, and, he's, and he says. Oliver's yours? That's my kindergarten buddy. And <laughs> Oliver never said anything, but yeah. he was just, here's this little kid from Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, whose idol was mm-hmm. from the south side of Chicago, had completely different mm-hmm. upbringings, but they were brought together here. And that's just one of the really, really cool things to see in our kids, in, in the community, uh, and, and in the folks that, that live here or who have come back here in either mm-hmm. retirement or, or whatever the fans, they you have a chance at this level more so than at other levels where everyone is so separated just because of numbers like Carolina. Mm-hmm. You, how it's many big. people from yeah. the community really get to know the basketball team at Carolina? Yeah, absolutely. Because they're so busy and they're so sequestered into doing what they have to do all the time. And here's somebody that you bump into at the post office or at the at the mm-hmm. convenience store on a regular basis. I mean, first day of school this year at Bowie's Creek Elementary, the – uh, athletes, there were some volleyball athletes, there were cheerleaders, they're out there and saying, welcome back, welcome at school, greeting the students as they came into school. I mean, that is so cool. And if the mascots go, I mean, that's the first thing I hear about when I, hey, Gladys and Gaylord were at my school today, mom. Like, that is so cool. <laughs> 
that the opportunities are, are great and and uh, and, it, and it's hard to explain um, mm-hmm. how that translates to your kids and, and, the, and the people they, that they look up to um, circling back to your uh, you worked in uh, for a number of years with uh, the university in advancement. Uh, now you've made another career change. Uh, I tell have. us a little bit about <laughs> your your latest uh, and your next step, and uh, and how that you, you're moving back into the coaching side, and maybe helping young people choose a college or figure out if they can go to college to pursue their passion of volleyball. Yeah, so I, I spent six years, the last six years here at Campbell working in advancement. Um, absolutely, like, in, enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Um, I love the people I work with. Uh, and I actually just stopped by early this morning and said hello <laughs> to the people uh, in my old office. But uh, I knew that it wasn't, I was director of annual giving, uh, and I knew it wasn't something I wanted to do long term. Um and I always, always wanted to be back in volleyball in some respect and coaching full time. And so uh, about a year ago, I was actually benefited from going through this vocation program, the study on vocation that Faith Beam was doing uh, with staff on campus at Campbell. And we were exploring what it meant, you know, what, what vocation meant to us and, and what ours was and and how um, we could live that out and and what we were doing and so that was really interesting and I had I was the volunteer coach for Campbell Volleyball I had started coaching club again with Triangle Volleyball Club in uh, Morrisville is where the facility is so out of the Raleigh area the um, we pull athletes from Chapel Hill Durham and in Raleigh of course in other areas but um I had gotten a call from them a, a couple of years ago and said, hey, would you, would you be willing to coach one of our 14s teams, which I was allowed to do while still coaching in college um, because of the NCAA rules. So the only thing is it's an hour drive <laughs> from where we live. But at the time, you know, Abigail was older because when we moved here, she was four months old. So now she's older. And I think I was in a place like, well, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do that. So I started coaching club for Triangle. And the thing about Triangle Volleyball Club – if I had to kind of summarize uh, all of my from Campbell on, of you know, we keep saying circling back. I've definitely circled back. Um, Triangle Volleyball Club. When I got into coaching, it's a very well-known club, um, known nationally, and I definitely tried to recruit players out of Triangle Club when I was a college coach. Uh, so I knew about them, and actually, when I was in Charlotte, I coached, cl- um, started coaching club, and they wanted me to be a club director for this. Uh, uh, satellite, I guess say satellite uh, club in Concord, North Carolina. So one of the first things I did, because I was coaching at Queens and now going to be a club director, was call Sherry Fadul up, the executive director of Triangle Volleyball Club, because Triangle was well known. I was like, okay, I want to know how how they do things. Uh, so we met about 10 years ago. And uh, so then they called me up two years ago or two or three years ago. I'm like, hey, do you want to coach club again? Great. Yeah, I'd love to. And so and then um, last summer, Sherry called me and said, hey, you know, would you want to be our um, recruiting coordinator for Triangle and come work at Triangle full time? 
Uh, and like I said, I had been thinking about after our study on vocation and, and what it is um, and kind of really discovering that I want to be someone in particular that for females that can encourage them. Um, and I thought back on Debbie Williamson. I was like, I want to be someone like her. Uh, and that's why I like coaching because you can help instill confidence. You can teach someone skills and encourage them in their pursuit of, of being a great player. So when I, and I love talking about recruiting. I would, uh, even though I wasn't maybe coaching full time, I often had uh, athletes ask me, uh, high school athletes, or had parents who knew I had coached, like, how do you, how do you get recruited? And I was like, oh, okay, well, here's some things you can, this is how it, kind of the world works, because I've been on this side, I've been a coach, and this is what we see. So this is what you need to do to be seen. And so it seemed to be the right fit and the right timing for me to uh, get back into coaching full time. So I coach a team for Triangle, a travel club team that we travel nationally. And then my main responsibility is recruiting coordinator. And so I am helping our uh, athletes, our female student athletes who are in high school, uh, navigate the recruiting process. And so you want to go play in college? Okay, these are the steps. This is what you need to do. And then I provide guidance if they have questions uh, about anything because the process can be pretty daunting. And uh, so that's what I do now. And uh, that's the only thing that pulled me away from Campbell really was that I could get back into the volleyball world full time, which is what I wanted to do. So full circle there. Um, and you, you know, you're back into coaching now. Um, proud Campbell volleyball alum. Um, speaking of pride, mm -hmm. two massive um, accomplishments in the last two years for the Campbell volleyball program. I was an undergrad. My junior fall of my junior year is when the team was started. Right. And we had a we had a uh, a PE professor who was the coach, and um, it was it was just its infancy um, and the growth of athletics. We talk about the growth of women's athletics and sports. Last year, Coach Greg Gorrell's team wins the Big South tournament. First tournament championship ever for the um, a conference tournament championship in an NCAA bid, and they go out and play in Nebraska in front of a jam-packed house. Um, and this year they win the regular season title for the first time. What, is that, what does that mean to you, to be one who's been involved, who's coached these athletes, and, and as who've literally been in their shoes uh, as well, and their knee pads or however you want to call it in <laughs> volleyball. Uh, what does that mean to you as an alumni to see these remarkable achievements uh, checked off? Yeah, well, I should mention, so Coach Goral and I met when I was at East Tennessee State, uh, and we talked about this. He, um, he knew the other assistant coach that I was working with um, at the time, and he had, I forgot where he was, uh, but he was going to Moorhead State, I believe, and moving and had gotten that job as an assistant there. And so he drove through Johnson City to say hello to the other assistant coach who we knew. Um, and that's when we met. So we met, uh, goodness, like back in, I, I probably had to be 2006, seven, something like that. Uh, and so when the, one of the first calls I made when we were moving back to Campbell was to call Greg up and say, hey, you know, what you got going on with volleyball because I'm coming into town. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and so I have to thank Coach Greg because he was very 
generous in letting me work with his program and be involved. Uh, that it's you know not always easy to let someone just you know come in and who's outside your program. Um, but from day one, he's like, yeah, I would love to have you come and, and be involved. And I told him when I got the job in annual giving in Manson, I was like, okay, well, I don't know how much time I'll be able to, and I can't always, you know, take off work. And he's like, that's fine. He's like, whenever, whatever time you can give us, great. And he's always been willing to let me pop in and out. Um, so we have known each other for a, a while. We had met before, uh, and, but to come in and, and just see, just in my six, seven years here, it's the growth of the program. Um, it's been, it's, it's been fun. It's exciting. I mean, when I was a student athlete here, our, our program struggled a little bit and we had success my first two years. And then we struggled my last two. Um, the wind loss column was, <laughs> was not great. Uh, and, and, you know, I went through technically like four different coaches, um, from the coach that told me I could walk on to the program to who I had finishing my senior year. Uh, and so then to see that the, the longevity that uh, Greg has been here and put into the program and that stability, that says a lot. Um, and I've got to know the, all the assistants um, who've put their time into the program. And so to know what goes beyond the scenes, I, I think makes made it special, but then also being a student athlete that like this was my program and to finally see that success of winning the conference tournament championship last year, something that I never got to experience as a player, but to see it happen for university and then ha see it happen for a coaching staff that you know well and to see it happen for players who you've known, like you saw or see what they go through day in and day out. Uh, I was doing the broadcast for the tournament since we got to host, and I, 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 I was crying. I, did, <laughs> I started crying. I didn't realize I'd be emotional, but it, uh, it – I was just so darn proud of what they had done. Uh, and again, just hadn't been on that side of it before. Um, I, when I was at East ETSU, we lost in the championship in the conference tournament after being up two sets. So I knew what the loss <laughs> felt like. Uh, so to see uh, all that work and then to see what that experience does, like, okay, now you have all this, you have confidence, um, you have belief after doing something um, that probably if people were betting on it, would have bet on uh, not Campbell winning that game last year. And um, so in a, in a sense, define the odds, but at the same time, I think Campbell, they were set up for it. Um, they were prepared. So then to see them that carry over and continue to have a great season this season and win a regular season championship, again, just super proud. Um, and I think Greg, it's been fun to watch him grow as a coach as well as a head coach. Uh, over the years, and I think his staff right now with Kayla and Ryan, just a very cohesive staff, and um, to see their success, it's just, uh, I'm just happy for him. Your, your experience with Campbell um, Athletics, volleyball, the Bowie's Creek community is almost a Forrest Gump-like thing. You've done a little <laughs> bit of everything, and you've met a whole ton of people. Tell us a little bit about, um, obviously, you are, Incredibly uncomfortable, talk, uh, incredibly comfortable ta <laughs> talking into a microphone. Tell us about you know jumping into the the, the broadcast side and providing some insight as an analyst with uh, uh, with our uh, broad volleyball broadcasts. Yes, well, I don't feel like I'm comfortable <laughs> in a microphone, but when I was invited, when Evan uh, Budrich invited me to do a broadcast. 
I just, I think I was like, oh, cool. That, that'd be interesting. And then when I, I think did my first broadcast a few years ago, it was a lot of fun. I was like, oh, this is fun. Like I get to sit here and look at what the teams are doing um, and, and see what I see through my coach lens and talk about it. And people are going to listen to me. That's really cool. And I really just had fun with it. And so I've done it the last few years. I did three games this season for volleyball. And I was like, yeah, let me keep, let me keep doing this. And, and at the time, too, again, I was working in advancement. Um, but it was just a, another connection to the volleyball world and something else to try. And I hope maybe something that I learned in my sports writing class carried over. <laughs> More than likely something you probably picked up from uh, watching hours of uh, sports on TV and too. listening to really good people do it uh, at, at, at all different levels and for all different sports. Yeah. Well, I paid more attention now for sure once I started. Uh, Evan was great about giving me a lot of good tips uh, and then it was funny, I was listening to another college match a few weekends ago, turned on the TV on a Sunday to watch a match, and I'm like, wait a second, I know that voice. And sure enough, it was Evan <laughs> on the broadcast. But uh, yeah, then one of the the SEC uh, analysts was a player at Florida as well, and so I'll, I'll pay attention to her, and there's a few other coaches I know who uh, are not coaching now but have gotten on to that side, and so I think it's a lot of fun. Well, finally, Tammy, this is my clincher question for everyone. Um, can you put into words how Campbell and the Bowie's Creek community have impacted your life? Oh, wow. <laughs> I think I'm going to tear up just thinking about that question. Uh, I don't know if I could sum it up, but I, I can say I feel very grateful. And I am going to tear up thinking about it because, <laughs> uh, you know, Stan, I, I will say, uh, Jared and I often think about you too as someone that, um, when we think about people who love the community, you love the community, you're very much a part of it, you and your family. And I think you know this, like, I think it's done so much for us. Um, I am, I'm going to, oh my gosh, I'm going to really uh, cry right here. But <laughs> um, I think... You know, when I came to school here, it's like, okay, I'm going to come get my college degree uh, and move on and, and go live my life. But, you know, something keeps bringing, bringing us back. And my, um, I met my husband here. Um, I got a really good education. I want people to know that. Um, you know, I went from a small school to a big school. And when I went to that big school, which is a great university as well, but something I learned was like, I got a really good education here at Campbell. I had awesome professors who cared about me. Um, sorry, I'm saying I'm a lot, but <laughs> now that I'm uh, now that I'm all uh, teared up, uh, and I met my best friends. I just celebrated my 40th birthday stand a couple months ago, and four of my best friends from college we got together, flew from all the way across the country. One of them drove down from Maryland. Uh, we were missing one. We're missing one of my roommates, but we got that. Those are my best friends. The best friends of my life are the ones I met here at Campbell. And then it was, you know, I think the last few years being back is when I've reflected on my first time here, as I call it, my first four years. I, and, you know, my, my brother went here. Uh, and so he started it all, I think, by <laughs> his experience he had here. So, it's, it's just, 
you know, I got my first job. I'll, I'll bring that back up. My first job, Debbie Richardson was a reference for me, but I didn't put her down as a reference on paper. I don't remember having more than a couple of conversations or, you know, in passing with Debbie Richardson. But what I found out when I got the, my first coaching job at East Tennessee State, um, Debbie had a connection with the, she was SWA here, a senior women's administrator, and she knew the SWA at ETSU. Debbie actually had been a coach at ETSU. And so when the head volleyball coach went to her SWA and was like, here's some of the applicants I'm looking at, and she saw Campbell University on my resume, she called up Debbie Richardson. It's like, who's this Who's this kid? <laughs> Who's this person? And Debbie gave me a good reference uh, from what she, uh, you know, what it, I guess whatever she observed as a student athlete. So I think about those things like from Debbie Williamson to Debbie Richardson to uh, just all the people that we have met in this community, as we call it, this family, um, and what they have done for us. And then moving back here and Jared taking this job first and then me having it, uh, I just... I just gratitude is how uh, I've, I've learned a lot about gratitude and how to be grateful. And I'll have to mention, I'll, I'll go back to where it all started to you. My parents, uh, my parents put me through college and Stan, I don't know if I ever appreciated that as much until I came back here and worked in advancement and saw the people who go out there and ask donors to give to Campbell and, and raise scholarships um, to one. I did receive scholarship, but also that my parents then, you know, uh, afforded the rest of it. So uh, I think my, a very big core value for me is gratitude. And I have learned that Campbell has what has done so much for me with the people is uh, gave me that perspective on life. I'm Stan Cole. Our guest today on Tales from the Creek has been Tammy Batson-Freeze. Thank you, Tammy, for sharing your Tales from the Creek. Thank you.